other side of midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Well, it happened. Yesterday, it finally happened. Mayor Eric Adams said the single best thing that he has said in his entire tenure as mayor. I wish he would have said it two years ago, but I will take it. The mayor, Mayor Eric Adams, he wants to adjust New York City's sanctuary city policy. He wants migrants that are suspected of major crimes turned over to federal immigration officials, a proposal that would curtail New York's sanctuary city policy. He was the mayor yesterday. We need to modify the the sanctuary city law that if you commit a felony, a violent act, we should be able to turn you over to ICE and have you deported. It is a right to live in this city and you should be you should be not committing crimes in our city for doing so. Right now, we don't have the authority to do so. Oh my goodness, this is music to my ears. His call for a rollback of the rules, his clearest criticism yet of laws that collectively protect people from deportation won immediate praise from Republicans who have railed against illegal immigration. I think he is absolutely right. Sanctuary city policies adopted under former mayors Koch and Bloomberg in part allowed police to hold those arrested and charged for longer so that U.S. uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement could lodge a detainer on them. But the current rule Rules adopted under Mayor Bill de Blasio effectively buffer people from any sort of federal scrutiny until they're convicted of major crimes. Now, the mayor, Eric Adams, stressed that the majority of migrants and asylum seekers in the city are law-abiding while condemning individuals who target police officers and repeat offenders. Of course, he's right. And that's all the more reason why the bad apples need to be deported, kicked out of the country, handed over to immigration and out of here because it makes it more difficult for the law-abiding migrant or even the normally non-criminal illegal alien, I realize that's something of a contradiction in terms, to get a fair shake in the city when everyone thinks they're going to rob them or assault them or that they're going to be a member of a gang. I love what the mayor said yesterday, and I just wish the city council would follow suit. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Well, we've been telling you about what's going to be one of the most competitive Democratic primaries in the entire state this year. That is the June 25th primary between incumbent Congressman Jamal Bowman and County Executive George Latimer. Both men are Democrats. Jamal Bowman is part of the squad. George Latimer is a pretty standard liberal Democrat. But the one issue that really seems to differentiate them is the issue of Israel. George Latimer is much more supportive of Israel and what they're doing in the Middle East than Jamal Bowman is. Bowman has been not only in this recent war, but really throughout his entire public life, much more critical of Israel. So it's easy to understand why a lot of pro-Israel groups, moderate groups, conservative groups, even some liberal pro-Israel groups have done whatever they can to try to help George Latimer. There's been direct campaign contributions. There's been fundraising 
making solicitations on his behalf. And they have done an incredible amount of outreach to unaffiliated voters and Republican voters in Westchester and trying to persuade them to become Democrats. And it looks like some of those efforts anyway have paid off. More than 2,300 undeclared and Republican voters in Westchester County have become Democrats in order to cast ballots in the June 25th primary between Jamal Bowman and George Latimer, according to the Journal News. Why is this significant? Because New York is still one of only a relatively few number of states, I think it's about 14 or 15 states, that does not allow any sort of open primary. If you're an independent, or a Republican, you would essentially be shut out of the only meaningful contest in that district, which is the Democratic primary, because it's such a heavily Democratic district. Whoever wins the Democratic primary is such a heavy favorite for the general election. So that means if you're an independent or a Republican, you essentially have a situation where it's taxation without representation. You're paying the bills for that election. You're paying to print the ballot. You're paying to pay the poll worker salaries, and yet you can't participate. We had a revolution over less. The bottom line is political parties are basically private clubs. Let them pay for their own candidate selection process or let them meet in a back room somewhere. But once you use public resources, then it's got to be open to all of the taxpayers. So the Democrats and the Republicans in this state need to make a choice. Do you want a private party held nomination contest, whatever you want to pick, caucus, primary, you name it, or do you want the public to subsidize your candidate selection process? If it's the latter, then I, as an independent who's paying the bills for your primary, I ought to get to participate. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. firefighters, specifically of a volunteer variety. The New York State Fire Safety Alliance is calling for new legislation to get more volunteer firefighters as the state is number one in firefighter deaths in the country. Uh, we wish New York was number one in a lot of other categories. This is one that we wish New York was not leading the pack in. But the number of volunteer firefighters has decreased by over 20,000 over the last 20 years. Think about that. Over the last two decades, that's nothing. That's 2004. It feels like yesterday. That's when John F. Kerry was running against uh, George W. Bush. The New York State Fire Safety Alliance did a report and they found that volunteer firefighters save New York taxpayers over $3 billion because the volunteers work without pay. So the president of the New York State Fire Safety Alliance said the Firefighters Association of New York is a staunch supporter of fire safety public education and is working steadfastly to bring awareness to this issue and create change. They also want to improve tax benefits, local property tax exemptions for volunteers in order to boost recruitment efforts. I completely agree. And apparently so does uh, State Senator Monica Martinez. 
She put out a statement saying, while volunteer fire and ambulance providers do not choose to serve their neighbors for the incentives, these benefits, including the state income tax credit, do provide real assistance to those who give so freely of themselves for the protection of others. I agree with her completely. We are reliant and dependent on our volunteer fire associations. There's no reason we shouldn't do whatever it takes to increase recruitment and do whatever it takes to take the people that do volunteer and try to give them a little bit of a break on their taxes and some of the other areas we mentioned. I think this is great. When I say it's great, I mean the proposal to treat volunteer firefighters a little bit better. These numbers about the diminishing number of volunteer firefighters, that's not great at all. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. I think it would be difficult to find anything in recent New York City history, and I include the city for sale scandal of the Ed Koch years, that is a bigger waste of money and is run less efficiently and is more riddled with corruption than almost any aspect of New York's handling of this migrant crisis. We are seeing that New York is wasting millions of dollars on no-bid emergency contracts for migrant services, including overpaying by $50 million for personnel at a single shelter in Midtown. This comes not from a right-wing think tank like the Manhattan Institute, oh no. This is according to a new audit from a progressive's progressive, the city controller Brad Lander. Listen to some of the things the audit found. They found four major contractors for migrant services charging exorbitant rates that varied widely from company to company with little oversight. For example, the company's hourly tab for off-site managers ranges from $57.79 to $201.06. Hiring city employees instead of for-profit contractors would result in an annual savings of $50 million at the Rowe Hotel in Midtown alone. Some of these security guards are getting paid something like $90 an hour. If I could score one of these no-bid contracts, or even if I could have a buddy that scores one of these no-bid contracts and get him to hire me as a security guard, I might do better working as a security guard in a migrant shelter than I am working in radio. And the report found there was little, if any, coordination between agencies to monitor prices or ensure equal pricing across contracts and that the companies were paid wildly different rates for staff that they hired. In one particularly egregious case, hourly rates for one company, which was hired by New York City Emergency Management, were 237% higher than for the SE Group, which was hired by the Department of Homeless Services. This is crazy. I'd love to know who awarded all of these no-bid contracts, and I'd love some answers as to why these vendors were selected as the beneficiaries of these no-bid contracts and why they're getting paid so much more than city employees that do the same job. There's something rotten in Denmark. There's something rotten in New York when it comes to handling the payments for these migrant-related services. Beam me up! To be continued. 